Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Last week we examined the, the incident there with, with Bathsheba and David. And we said it essentially goes like this. David, Saul, Bathsheba, desired Bathsheba and got what he wanted. And then after things went a little bit bad, he tried to cover things up. First by making it look like the husband was the father, and then by simply having the father-slash-husband killed. And we saw that just a few small little sins cause a lot of problems. And the same applies to us today. What's wrong with telling a little white lie? But it's the issue of those small little sins turn into something bigger. As we saw last week and we'll continue to see here today, these problems didn't just affect David. Bathsheba lost her husband, Uriah. He was killed. And we see today that Bathsheba lost her son or her child. Uriah lost his life, as I mentioned. Joab, the commander of David's army, no doubt lost some integrity with the troops. Why would he tell these men to go out in battle and then pull away from this one guy? Are you going to trust your commander when you see him do that to somebody else? So no doubt Joab lost some loyalty among his troops for following the king's orders. No doubt his leadership was called into question. And of course, several other soldiers lost their lives as well. So this little episode, this little incident that that really was between David and Bathsheba affected a whole lot of people. All because David saw, desired, wanted, got, and then covered up. Sometimes this this type of thing happens to us as well. Hopefully our actions don't escalate to the level of David's, but they could. That idea of these little sins can wear down our conscience to allow in more and more sin, which eventually separates us from God. It severs that relationship, and that's what Satan wants. He wants us out of fellowship with each other. He wants us out of fellowship with God. If he gets us by by ourselves, he can do some damage. Notice when he attacked Christ. Out while he was in the desert, in the wilderness, by himself. Away from any strengthening that he could have got from, from fellow followers, or helpers, or family. Satan knows what he's doing. Now when we we do sin, and we all do, we know that we can go to God for forgiveness, and he will forgive. That's finally what David does. He goes to God, begs for forgiveness. He tells the prophet Nathan, I have sinned. And if you read in some of his his psalm, I believe Psalm 52, he, he, he praises and shouts out to God, I have sinned against you. So he confesses his sin. And God forgives him. 
But that doesn't mean there aren't consequences to his actions. And that is today's lesson. The story starts off at the beginning there of chapter 12 with Nathan coming to David to tell him a story. He says, Nathan says to David, there once was a rich man and a poor man. The rich man was having a dinner for some friends. And he went and took the poor man's only lamb, slaughtered it, and had it prepared for the meal. As we've seen before, David tried to be a right, righteous king, an honorable king. He was the best king that Israel, humanly king that, that, that Israel had had. So David didn't like this story. He didn't like the fact that this rich guy took the poor guy's lamb, killed it, and fed it to his buddy. So he told Nathan, point blank, this man deserves to die. But the law only required that this man restore the poor man four times the price. Nathan look at, looks at David and says, you are that man. David was the rich man. Uriah was the poor man. And Bathsheba was the lamb. Nathan used that story to get his point across. Parables. Jesus used a lot of parables. The difference is the parables Jesus used, the people didn't have a clue. They didn't get it. David understood this right away. He got the message. You know, it's tough for any of us to be objective about our own sin. I think we realize that we aren't perfect. But I think we also justify, well, we're really not bad people and we're not murderers. You know, we're not killers. You know, sometimes we don't want to see our own sin because of our own ego, our own pride, or even our own embarrassment. But here's David, a man after God's own heart. David, God gave David everything and promised to continue to be him without it throughout his life. But David wanted something else. He wanted Bathsheba, even though he already had three beautiful wives and all of all of King Saul's wives. He wanted more. David thought. That he knew better than God. It's happened to us too, hasn't it? We look, we see, and we want. Right after this story is where we pick up and read that David goes to God and confesses his sin. God forgives him like he forgives all of us. But David still has to suffer the consequences of his actions. David committed adultery. And murder. Yeah, he didn't pull the trigger, but he ordered it. David goes to God and confesses his sin for adultery and for murder. Both of those sins were punishable by death. Now David was spared by God. By the law, David should have been executed. But David was spared but not his ancestors. His ancestors were plagued with violence. We know that their child, his first child with Bathsheba died. Later, David's son Amnon was killed. So was his son Absalom and Adonijah. Violent deaths. 
But the question maybe many people have is, why this child? Why this young, innocent child? Why did God do this? Why was his judgment poured out upon this son? I don't think any of us can answer that question because we don't know the mind of God. But we do know that David had to live with this. He had to live with the death of that child on his mind for the rest of his life. It's a tough thing to deal with, no doubt. And sometimes people start talking about this situation. You know, anytime there's a death of a young child, it's extremely difficult. But it's always nice to jump to verse 23. This is where David says, But now he is dead. Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. And that is such a powerful statement, whether you're dealing with a child or the death of a loved one, an older adult. It's always difficult, for sure. But we know that if that person received Jesus Christ into their life as Lord, as Savior over their life, then we can say that same thing with David. They won't return to us, but we will go to be with them. Now with young children, there is absolutely no question in my mind. There is no if statement. Children go to be with God immediately upon their death. And I don't say that just to comfort people. No doubt there are many pastors that say that just to comfort the the grieving family. But I believe, based upon not only this verse, verse 23, but other verses in the Bible, that that is exactly what God's Word says. And obviously David believes that too. Because later on when his son Absalom gets uh, gets killed, he weeps and he mourns over the death of his son Absalom. Because he doesn't believe that his son Absalom was saved by God. And we look at the death here of David and Bathsheba's son as a very sad and a very upsetting and a very troubling thing. And don't get me wrong, it absolutely is. But when you look at the, left, the, the, the lives of the, the rest of David's family, the struggling, the strife, the backstabbing, the murder, the death, this child was spared all of that. Why does God do the things he does? I've got absolutely no idea. But I know that he's got a plan. I know that he's got a purpose. I know that's a good one. I know that it's a righteous one. Sure, some of the things to us may seem wrong, may seem bad, may seem crazy, but I trust that God knows what He's doing. And His plan is best. God is good to us, even though we sin against Him. God is indeed merciful to us, even though we will suffer for our actions. God is gracious to us even when we turn our backs to Him. We need to truly put our trust in God's hand. When David found out that that, that his his child was, was ill, he prayed and begged God to spare 
the child's life. He fasted. And then when the child was dead, he got up, cleaned himself up, went, worshipped God, and then went and comforted his wife. And for so many of us, when we are in those troubling times, yes, we may go to God, but to remember afterwards to worship Him, to thank Him for seeing us through that. Even if the outcome wasn't what we wanted, He was still there for us, guiding us along the way and providing for us. Now our story of David ends there, and this was there was really one more episode in David's life before he finally got it. You see, in this this case, after he sinned with uh, the adultery and murder, he went to God for forgiveness. He had to suffer the consequences. His child died. But he pretty much learned his lesson. He's got one more lesson to learn once again, to rely on God. He goes out and he tries to number his troops rather than relying on God for strength when, uh, in the coming chapters. But after that, he learned his lesson. He focused on God. He stayed with God. He worshipped God. That's when many of these psalms were then wrote. They were praises to God for all that he's done. And even he had to flee again from his sons. His sons later on tried to take over the throne but David, David knew that God was on his side. And, and he submitted his life, his life to God. I'm not saying he wasn't free from, you know, he wasn't free from sin in his life. He still sinned, but he was trusting and relying on God. And we too need to do the same thing. Submit our lives to him, knowing that he does what is best what is right, what is just, what is holy, what glorifies Him. And we need to do the same. Whatever our situation is, we need to make sure that we are honoring and glorifying God to the best of our ability, the abilities that He gives to us. And simply rely on Him to make it happen. Let us close with our prayer this morning. Lord God, we thank you for our time together this morning. And not just this morning, but these past several years. We are thankful for your grace and for your mercy and for your love. Even when we cannot understand or make sense of the things that are happening in our lives. Help us to trust you more fully with our lives, knowing that you have a plan for each and every one of us, individually and collectively. Help us to follow that plan. Continue to guide us going forward in the future as we undergo changes once again here. Help us to truly honor and worship you with our thoughts and our actions. It's in Christ's name that we pray and give thanks. Amen.